John Krasinski and I were both at the Timberwolves draft last week. John, earlier today, was at the Timberwolves press conference introducing the new Wolves. There are so many things going on with this franchise right now. We could do about a five-hour show, but you don't want to hear that, so we're going to try to condense things here. John, where do you want to start? Yeah, well, I think that, um, you know, we can start, let's start with the with the timeliest stuff first. Uh, free agency begins on Thursday. We, we can get into the draft a little bit later in the show and just kind of go go over some of the things that we learned at the press conference when we were recording this on on Tuesday and 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 look at what they did. But I think one of the big takeaways related to that press conference is that um, even though Walker Kessler and Wendell Moore in particular, Josh Minot is a little more of developmental, but Kessler and Moore both taken in the first round, both really do check some boxes that the Timberwolves need um, heading into uh, heading into next season in terms of rim protection, defense, interior defense, uh, Wendell Moore, a little bit of a three and D playmaking, some of that stuff. Both of those guys are also still very young. And so the Wolves are absolutely looking going into Thursday's free agency period opening um, with the intent on trying to sign veterans or maybe even trade for veterans to kind of help bolster their roster for the immediate future with the hopes that Kessler and Moore develop as we go along down the down the, in the next couple of years into really good rotation level players. So um, I think Thursday is going to be very interesting. I think that a Carl Anthony Towns max contract extension is imminent. And um, and and I, I do think that they will figure out a way to to kind of come together and make that work. And then I think they will go out and look for uh, bigs for shooting, for playmaking um, on the free in the free agent front to see if they can continue to kind of build the roster around Towns and Anthony Edwards to a degree to keep them climbing up the ladder in the Western Conference. This is the John Krasinski Show. This is part of TalkNorth.com. Subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. That's the easiest way to listen. You can also find the shows, the archives, at TalkNorth.com. Uh, our, our sales executive is Karen Cleary. You can reach her at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. So let's go chronologically at this point. Uh, any surprises for you at the draft uh, you know, we're all sitting in that room being snarky, uh, but, you know, the real reality is that they had the 19th pick in the draft, Connolly's first draft, and he trades down. He gets two guys who look pretty useful that, you know, he could have just taken one of them at 19. Obviously, he, he thought he, he assessed this properly that he could trade down still get good players. I'm almost more intrigued by the two second round picks, though. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I do think the second rounders, Spagnolo and, um, and Josh, are both – I would say um, project guys. I mean, mm-hmm. Spagnolo is going to stay a, overseas. Uh, you know, Josh is going to probably be on a two-way contract, I would imagine, and 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 get some time in the G League to develop. But they're both really intriguing uh, prospects from a skill standpoint, from a physical standpoint, from just kind of an overall talent standpoint. And then you could see them, you know, in a couple of years with some pretty high ceilings if the development goes the right way. I think with the first round picks, the interesting thing um, to look at there is I had been told kind of for that whole week leading up to the draft that three of their, their top players that they were looking at were, um, uh, were more 
Kessler. I think they like Branham a little bit. I do think that they liked, uh, I think they really, really liked Jalen Williams, who ended up going 12th to OKC, and he just went way higher than than they they were uh, you know ever you know kind of I think they were he went higher than they expected him to go but um, to end up with you know turning the essentially turning the 19th pick and you can we can talk about the seconds and stuff that were swapped into the 22nd and the 26th pick and getting two guys that they really liked and really thought were going to be there I thought was great value by Tim Connolly and looking at that we'll see how they develop but this was definitely a case of the Timberwolves targeting two these two guys and then making the board, making the moves on the board to make sure they got both of them. I think they felt really good about coming out of that draft. How close is Kessler to being able to contribute to a winning NBA team, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing that uh, he clearly has a lot of development. I mean, he's you know, he needs to work on his shot some more. He needs to work on his offensive presentation and his game and all of that stuff. But I think the rim protection plays right away. Uh, one thing that we know clearly about uh, Walker Kessler is that he has the frame like seven feet, seven one, 255, 260 pounds. That's just a big bodied human being that the Timberwolves have not had on their roster for a long time. I mean, Gorgie Jang might be the closest facsimile to that. Um, when he, he was here, he's a big dude, but I think Kessler's even a little bigger than Gorgie was and is. Um, and so I think that, uh, that part of it should earn him minutes fairly early, how he adjusts to the way the game is called from a foul perspective, how he adjusts to playing defense, the way that the Timberwolves want to play it. That's all going to kind of dictate, is he a 20 minute a game guy? Is he a 12 minute a game guy? Um, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, but I do think that just the sheer size will get him minutes early. And then you hope that over the course of the next couple of years, you see him gradually grow into a role where he can be more than just a defensive specialist, where he can knock down threes, where he can, uh, Chris Finch talked today a lot about, uh, him eventually maybe being able to make some plays at the elbow and, and, and passing and, and, um, and, and cutting and things like that. So um, I think that the ceiling is fairly high for him, but just the the sheer size that he has right now means that he's going to be able to step in and block some shots and grab some rebounds right away and, and probably help uh, uh, you know a little bit. Thanks to our sponsors, TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, and All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com. Connolly said that the draft was not going to preclude him from pursuing what he needs in free agency. Should we read into that, that he's still interested in Capella or another big? Well, I, I do think that they've had can, they've had some trade discussions on DeJounte Murray, on Capella, on Rudy Gobert, on, on a lot of different fronts. I don't think anything is close right now on that side of the equation. Um, and, and so, you know, those things can always change with one phone call. But um, as of right now, I think the the trades that they've looked at Capella has, you know, ha, there's been some cursory uh, talk about it, but not not a whole lot of anything of substance at all. Um, Murray, I think maybe a little bit more talk with the Spurs about that, but again, it, it seems like Atlanta is getting down the road with Dejounte Murray and 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 might end up uh, pulling that off. 
with Gobert, I think the Utah Jazz just want an incredible amount for him. Again, understandably so. And so I don't see that as imminent either. So um, they'll continue to look at the trade market. They'll continue to look at things for D'Angelo Russell. I think for Malik Beasley, I think Nas Reed may enter the equation as a tradable asset now that they have Walker Kessler behind Towns. Um, and so they'll they'll kind of look to to see if any avenues open for those players and for to get value back for them. But they'll also they have from a free agency standpoint, they have the mid-level exception, which is right around $10 million a year. That's a good contract to have. Um, and so I think they can go out and look at getting some veteran help that way as well to to bolster their roster and and see what happens. You can find all of our shows at TalkNorth.com. I recently did a show with Dave Lee. Uh, he's doing a series on people's favorite first concerts. This is a good entryway to talk about music and culture. Dave Lee, of course, course of WCCO fame. We have Mike Grimm doing Go Gopher podcasts. We have tons of outdoor content. And we have my show, Blocked and Muted, with Jim Suhan. This week's guest is going to be Brianna Scurry or Megdahl. And, of course, if you like uh, basketball, we have the Cheryl Reeve Show on our network as well. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Talk North, North Pod. You'll see the shows as they are released. So help me with DeJounte Murray because I'm not sure, and you're going to need, you really are going to help me with this. Why would the Spurs yeah. want to trade him? <laughs> and if he were an acquirable asset, how could the Wolves possibly put together a deal that would get that done? So um, a couple of things. I, number one, I think that. Um, the reason that you would trade DeJounte Murray is if you are the Spurs and you believe you're pretty much caught in sort of the purgatory of the NBA, which is a decent team, but a long ways away from vaulting back into real playoff contention, winning series in the conversation for, you know, going for the Western conference finals and the finals. And so um, if you want to try to take a step back and accumulate assets and try and go more for more of a hard rebuild because they haven't really torn things down since the Parker Ginobili Duncan trio uh, retired, they've tried to kind of pivot and and extend their window. And first they had Kawhi Leonard and LaMarcus Aldridge and um, and, and veterans like that. And, you know, Kawhi left. And so then they were really kind of, again, stuck in this place in the middle where they really weren't good enough to be true contenders in the playoffs. And they weren't bad enough to really get up into the high lottery and, and land a, a new star to bring in. So with the uh, class of 2023 looking very promising, including Victor Wembanyama from at the top, Maybe now is the time to move Murray for a bunch of picks, um, maybe some expiring contracts, uh, and and sort of do a hard reset and see if you can come back in a year or two with more star power. What could the Wolves do to uh, to get in that hunt? I mean, there there are a lot of avenues that they have to try and get in the Dejounte Murray hunt. Um, you could, I mean. Malik Beasley's contract is only partially guaranteed for 2023-2024. Um, so that would be an easily moved uh, asset. Um, D'Angelo Russell is on an expiring deal. Um, and that would be easily, uh, you know, kind of you can, uh, the, the Spurs could absorb him. 
and and just uh, you know just play him next year and and then let him uh, go in free agency and you have a bunch of cap room. The Wolves have all of their picks to trade, and so they could put a bunch of draft picks into the middle of the table and try and get him. You could you know you could throw in a Jared Vanderbilt, um, somebody like that, if they want some more young talent uh, from them. So there there is a package I think that the Wolves could construct that would be amenable to San Antonio. Um, but it's very, very difficult to get a read on exactly what the Spurs are looking for in terms of a return. They are notoriously very close to the vest. And so we don't exactly even know what it's going to take. And that's why I do think that, you know, trading with them, trading in the NBA is difficult no matter what. Trading with the Spurs is incredibly difficult, which is why it's probably, uh, it's much more likely that they the Wolves do not get DeJounte Murray than it is that they do land him. And he'd be a great fit, but it's just like it's hard to make that to pull that deal off. Right. And and just to revisit this, because we're gonna be revisiting it every week probably for the entire offseason. Do you think they are any more certain what's gonna happen with D'Angelo Russell at this moment than they were a week or a month ago? Well, I, I don't know um how to say this. So I do think that there were real conversations with teams about trading for D'Angelo Russell on draft night. Clearly the wolves or the other teams involved didn't get to the point where it was like, okay, yes, let's do this. Let's make this deal. So I think the further away that we get from draft night, the further into the summer that we get, I think the less likely it is that D'Angelo Russell does get traded. I think that there's still a real chance that he could get moved. I don't think that just because it didn't happen on draft night means that you have to give up on it. But I do think that um, if I were to rank the possibilities right now for a D'Angelo Russell outcome, third would be contract extension that, that keeps him in Minnesota for a lot, for, for multiple, multiple more years at somewhere under the max money, which is um, what the Timberwolves would be looking for. And certainly I think D'Angelo Russell wants to kind of hold out as much as he can. So I think that's the least likely scenario. I think, I think the second least likely scenario is trading him because the Wolves do want to get something back for D'Angelo Russell. They don't want to be paying another team to take him just to unload him. And that's going to be a hard partner to find. Doesn't mean that it can't happen, but it's going to be a little bit more difficult. And so then I think the most likely scenario is that D'Angelo Russell starts training camp next season with the Timberwolves on the final year of his deal and goes into kind of a prove it season. Um, and, and then the Wolves play it that way as well. And we see kind of how everything shakes out. There are a million different little tributaries off of the off of the main river that could happen uh, between now and then to change the course of things, but that's just kind of the feeling that I get with where the wolves are in terms of what they want for D'Angelo Russell and where the league is in terms of what other teams view Russell as from a value proposition. So um, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's a very very interesting situation and i just think that there are there's still a lot of conversations to be had and a lot of of research to be done before the wolves really know where this is going to end up but um 
that's kind of the way that I that I rank things right at this moment in time. That all sounds very logical, and actually it dovetails with what I suspected, but it's good to hear you, an expert actually lay it out. Hey, we want to let you know about uh, All Energy Solar, allenergysolar.com. As you know, utility costs are rising every year. As you are painfully aware, gas prices are very high right now. Uh, all this is unnecessarily costing you money. It doesn't have to be that way. You can get a new system from All Energy Solar. And even if you take out a loan to finance your installation, you'll still save money and maybe a lot of money in the long run. The loan payment will likely be less than what you would pay for electricity every month. And it's a locked in price that won't change. So start saving and make the switch to All Energy Solar. Book your appointment today at allenergysolar.com. And remember, going solar also helps your home's value and resale value. Thanks also to TSR Entry Law, 612-TSR-TIME, 612-TSR-TIME. They've moved into beautiful new offices because they keep winning cases. They keep growing their business. They can only do that if they help you when you need help. We hope you don't need to call an injury lawyer. If you do, you need a good one and one that won't charge you unless they win your case, 612-TSR-TIME. I thought one of the more interesting things that came out of the press conference today, again, we're talking on Tuesday afternoon, was uh, Chris Finch talking about Jalen Knoll. I'll I'll out myself here going into the Grizzlies – Wolves playoff series. I was doing some radio hits, and people were asking me who could be kind of a key uh, sleeper figure. And I said I can see Noel playing really well in this series. Uh, it's going to be a high-scoring series. It's going to be up and down, uh, you know. And he's the kind of guy who can get to the rim and make things happen. Then he didn't play, so I I was wrong. I was wrong, but I might have been philosophically right because that's what I see in Noel. I see a guy. I see a guy who might have been able to help them in that series. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I think that ultimately he lost his spot to Jordan McLaughlin in terms of, you know, it's really hard when you get to the playoffs to play nine or 10 guys. Usually the rotation is around seven to eight, really about eight is about the ideal situation. And Chris Finch was just, you know, telling us as well that, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard to keep a, a, a rotation out to the level where, do you have room for Jalen Noel? And it was nothing that Noel did from a, you know, playing standpoint in terms of not performing. But I think that they needed Jordan McLaughlin's sort of creation a little bit more um, because D'Angelo Russell was struggling. And I think that Chris Finch ultimately trusted Malik Beasley to um, to be out there in the shooter role with that second unit, even though he did not shoot the ball very well in the playoffs he had shot like i think 45 percent from three over the second half of the season so finch stuck with with beasley and that would have been another spot where noel could have slid into i do think that there were pockets within that series jim where it would have made sense to give noel a try and see if he could just get a couple of buckets and and just kind of stem the tide a little bit but in fairness chris finch it's really really hard to um kind of shoehorn a player in, especially if he's been out of the rotation and isn't exactly, you know, um, totally in a rhythm to just throw him out there in game four of a playoff series and say, hey, kid, go save us. Go get some buckets. And and so um, it, it was just a numbers game. I think that Noel um, that Noel lost in, in, in at the end of last season now, it has been very interesting, as you alluded to. Chris Finch has been vocal about it with us at the press conference, on radio uh, appearances as well, just about the need 
to find Jalen Noel more minutes and a more of a role. They think highly of him. They believe in him. They now they need to find him more minutes. But it's hard to say. Like if you go into this next season with Russell and Beasley still here, where do you put Noel in the rotation that he would get? say even like 15 to 18 minutes where regularly so he could be in some sort of a rhythm and understand his role. So, I mean, it's possible that maybe you move Beasley and or Russell for a big man, another veteran big man. And that creates a, a spot at the, in the guard position in the backcourt for Noel to open it up. And then Noel slides into that. Um, otherwise I think he's going to get caught in the same log jam again, potentially, going into next season. So we're really going to have to see how that all shakes out. I'm sure that he is watching very, very closely to see how the Wolves manage their roster and kind of alleviate some of the logjam that has created, you know, just very inconsistent minutes for him so far. But given that Finch is putting that, it seems like on the front burner to get him more time, maybe that tells us that there's another trade or another move coming that will uh, help them accomplish that he is not a point guard could he play the point i mean i think he can be some sort of a combo guard uh for for some stretches yes uh you know i i think that if you look at the way that jalen brunson plays for dallas and he's parlaying that into a huge contract either with dallas or maybe with new york um to to kind of be a main playmaker lead guard type of a guy um, I think Noel can be a guy like that, where is he a guy that's going to come down the court and and orchestrate an offense and 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 run pick and roll um, a million times and then, you know, be, be kind of spraying the ball all over the court and making the decisions of who needs the ball here and when and and doing it that way and really quarterbacking an offense. I'm not sure that that's his role, but I do think that he has a versatile enough game where he can be a creator and his ability to create at a pretty good level puts the defense on its heels and can open things up for him as a shot maker, as a driver to the basket. Um, I think that in a very small sample size, uh, his actually his success in the pick and roll as a scorer was like second in the league only to Kevin Durant when it came to efficiency. Now, obviously, he didn't have near the, the, the amount of touches that Durant did in those situations. He is not Kevin Durant, but he is really effective in those types of roles. So I think that he could be a second unit kind of carrier of the offense if Russell or Beasley is not here. I think he can slide in and really produce a lot of what either one of them gave them in that role with the second unit and make the Wolves not miss a ton um, You know, if, if either one of those veterans are moved out. Interesting. If a cat contract gets done this week, how does that affect this year's team and their future? Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it, just for all of the aggregators out there and people that get excited right now, yeah, I said imminent. I, I that's just my expectation. Sure. I, I think that um, I think that the Wolves are going to offer him a deal. I and just given Chris Finch talking today about how happy he believes that Carl Anthony Towns is right now. I don't think there's any reason to believe that he won't accept that. Um, we're not quite there yet, but I think we'll eventually get there. But how does it affect? In in all reality, it doesn't affect this team at all for the next two years. Um, he is still under contract 
from his original uh, uh, extension for another two seasons. And so this would tack um, some years on to the end of that deal to carry him all the way through, I think, year 14 as a Timberwolf. I mean, that's mm. how that's what it would get to. But uh, the the really big numbers he's I mean, he's, he's making thirty one million dollars next year. So it's not like he's making nothing. But the really big numbers getting into the forty million dollars and fifty million dollar ranges don't start kicking in for another two years after this year. So really, the Wolves still will have a lot of room under the luxury tax to kind of go out and try and add pieces. They will still have plenty of room eventually to sign Anthony Edwards and Jaden McDaniels to roster um, to uh, to extensions down the road a little bit longer to keep this core around Carl Anthony Towns. They can go out and spend their mid-level exception without having to worry this year about that. And then as, as the years go on and as Cat's salary goes up, ideally the salary cap goes up as well. And so it's not, as prohibitive as as a fan might look at and say, "Wow, you're paying Carl Anthony Towns fifty five million dollars in 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 four years. What's going on there?" Well, the cap is going to rise too, and so it's a function of the revenues that are coming in. And so, all that long story short to say is that yes, it's a very big number. Yes, Carl Anthony Towns deserves it, and no, it will not impede the Timberwolves from all of the other important work that needs to be done from a roster building standpoint around him. I think they absolutely will make the deal with the expectation that Towns continues to go up even another level than he did last year. Uh, They'll need more from him leadership wise, um, uh, maturity wise, uh, you know, consistency in the playoffs wise, all of that. But he's just so darn productive. He's so darn efficient that I think that it's a no brainer to, to make that offer. Tim Connolly said to me uh, recently that they want to, they want to get to a point where they're winning enough that Carl Anthony Towns Jersey goes in the rafters one day. And that's kind of the way that they're looking at this. And they want to continue to build around Towns and Edwards. And this contract will not get in the way of those efforts. So Kat and D'Lo have a good relationship that was cited as one of the reasons they brought Russell here. Uh, how would Cat react if uh, he's being offered a, a long-term contract extension and he knows that the Wolves are trying to trade D'Lo? You know what? I, I think that everyone is an adult in this situation. Um, I think D'Angelo Russell is an adult. I think the Timberwolves are being adults. And I think Carl Anthony Towns is being an adult and understanding the business of this league. So, yes, Towns and Russell are friends. But I think that as provided the deals that whatever deal the Timberwolves make, either if it's Russell, if it's Beasley, if it's anybody involved in it, all the, the, the main concern for Carl Anthony Towns at this point of his career, heading into year eight, coming off of just his second playoff run, is what is going to make this team the best it can be and what is going to put Carl Anthony Towns in position to be as successful as possible. Um I do not think it's a situation where it's, you know, let's compare it to Brooklyn with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. It seemed like those two, if one left, the other was going to leave. Um, I don't think that's the case here. I think that um, if if moves are made and if Russell goes out, as long as this team improves and their chances improve of, of contending in the Western Conference, I think that Carl Anthony Towns will go along with that. Um, 
And, and so we'll just have to see, I mean, we, you know, we've seen, we saw them for glimpses last season together uh, and, and in the regular season, it looked pretty darn good. And Russell, very important to this team's success. I think there were seven and 10 without him and like 38 and 26 with him. So uh, he absolutely affects winning. And so if they're going to move him out, then um, they have to get players back in that affect winning as well. And that is also why the Timberwolves are not just going out there and doing whatever they can to just dump D'Lo at this point because they know that he does help them. And so that's that's the needle that they have to thread when they're considering whatever options they have with D'Angelo Russell. Let's get a final thought from John. Thanks again to TSR Injury Law, 612-TSR-TIME, and All Energy Solar. Thanks also to our longtime producer, Brandon Morton. Thanks for listening. Go to TalkNorth.com and check out our other shows. We do appreciate it. All right, John, hit me with your last thought. Yeah, I mean, I would just say that, um, you know, kind of keep your eyes open for for some action in the uh, in the free agent market. I don't think it's going to be anything that, you know, whoever they sign with their mid-level is not going to make you clamor to NBA.com and get their jersey. I don't think it's going to make you run and, and sign up for season tickets. But I do think that there are some moves that can be made. Maybe it's JaVale McGee. Maybe it's, you know, if they if they move some shooters, maybe it's some Malik Monk. Maybe it's, you know, I don't know. A, 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 there's a there's a lot of guys out there that that could be considered in that group for the MLE that could come in and 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 be helpful f- for this team and 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 give them more versatility and a more and, and more of a look at what they're able to do. Um, and so I think that's going to be very interesting. And finally, I will say this to Wolves fans who look at Walker Kessler as just a big white guy and have been disappointed. Um, that the Timberwolves took him, at least from a personality standpoint. I know this doesn't matter on the court. He's a pretty funny guy. Um, he seems like he has a good head on his shoulders, good sense of humor. So I think fans will get some laughs out of some of his kind of quirky uh, responses to questions and and the way that he kind of views himself in the basketball world. He doesn't take himself too seriously. We're all for having those around here. It would certainly be help if he can play as well. I miss Cole Aldrich too, John. You can yes. just say, come out and say it. Cole, come back to us, man. Please. Come we back, need you. Cole. Just hang out in the media room. All right.